Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for Zionstone United Church of Christ in Northampton, Pennsylvania. My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday sermons. I pray that they'll be a blessing to you, and if you're ever in the area, please stop in and worship with us. We'd love to have you. Thank you for the reading. Good morning, everybody. What a great group of scriptures today for... uh, start off with Psalm 23, this image of, of the Lord being our shepherd, and then we have a picture of good shepherding, and then we have a picture of not-so-good shepherding here in Jeremiah 23, and then in the New Testament, we move on to an example of uh, good shepherding again. I think it's a lovely, a lovely contrast today between, um, between type and fulfillment. And so I like the, well, I shouldn't say I like, well, I do, I like it, but I mean, it's, it's a little bit scary when you read passages like Jeremiah 23, because it starts off immediately with, whoa, and not whoa, W-H-O-A, like, whoa, like, but whoa, W-O-E, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And that should make us think of the Gospels, too, where Jesus, he, he kind of does the same thing. He says, well, he pronounces woes on the scribes, on the Pharisees, and on Jerusalem itself. But this, this text begins with woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. We have a, a warning here, and this warning specifically, the shepherds being spoken of here in the Jeremiah reading in this chapter are the kings of Israel, the kings of Israel, and they are scattering the sheep. They are scattering the sheep. So we remember that the shepherds, the kings of Israel, have been tasked by God to lead the people. They were to live rightly. Back in the book of Deuteronomy, God anticipates children of Israel asking for a king. And so in the book of Deuteronomy, God says, one day you're going to get to the promised land. And when you get to the promised land, you're going to ask for a king. And I guess I'll let you have one, but if you do have a king, these are the things that the kings should not do. And then God lists a bunch of things. Don't marry, you know, polygamy was widely practiced in that culture. Don't marry a whole bunch of wives. Don't have a ton of horses, which kind of seems odd to us, but that, that, that was one of the things. Don't, don't have a bunch of horses. And God lays out sort of these stipulations for the kings of Israel to have. And so we go forward in the Old Testament and we see an example of somebody who was considered the wisest king, who at the end of his life became the foolish king, right? King Solomon, who did everything that God said in Deuteronomy not to do. He had like 700 wives and concubines. He had like a thousand horses and chariots and everything that God said not to do, he, he, he did. And so what happens is in the history of Israel and Judah, the kingdom gets divided. A whole bunch of stuff happens, but you get king after king after king who doesn't honor God, who does not lead the people in the worship of God. Um, and, and so we see a couple of good ones here and there, like David is sort of like the role model, right, for, for all of the kings. But And then after David, and Solomon served the Lord for a while, but in his later years he left. Uh, he, he denied the Lord. But then you see kings rising and falling in the history of Israel and Judah. And some of them were really great, and some of them were not so great. And so the ones that weren't so great led the people astray. One of these kings even takes some gold, and because the kingdom was split, he says, I don't want people going to Jerusalem to worship, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this gold, and I'm going to make these idols, and I'm going to put these idols at this holy spot here so people can come worship here instead of going to Jerusalem, and he introduces idol worship. So you have this history here of of things like this happening, and eventually... 
God's like, okay, enough is enough. And we know that the book of Jeremiah is about the people. Jeremiah is being sent to tell the people that they're going to be carried along, carried away into captivity by the Babylonians. And so God here directs his address to the leaders of Israel that he is not happy because they have scattered the people through idolatry and worshiping and serving false gods. And these kings who are supposed to be an example have modeled the worst kinds of behavior. And if you go back in the book of Jeremiah a few chapters before, you see one of the things that they were guilty of is forsaking justice for not doing what was right. And so they will, the, the people have been scattered. But then God says something here. He says, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all of the countries I have driven them. I will bring them back to their fold and they shall be fruitful and multiply. And then he says this, I will set shepherds over them who will care for them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed. Neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. So we have this promise here that these kings who have scattered all of the sheep, that what's going to happen is God himself is going to gather the remnant, not only from an area over here, but it says from all of the countries where I've driven them, they will all be brought back. And then it says they're not just going to be brought back. They're going to be fruitful. They're going to multiply. And then there's going to be people who are set over them who will lead them the right way, who will honor the Lord, who will do justice and mercy. The sheep will no longer be afraid and none will be lost. Then the Lord says here, Jeremiah, the days are coming when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. He shall reign as king and deal wisely and execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. So we have this attention shifting, right, from the people coming back from other lands to the coming one. Right? So we remember the children of Israel, well, the nation of Israel was destroyed by the Assyrians, and then the kingdom of Judah was eventually taken into captivity by the, the Babylonians, and its people were sent into exile. Jeremiah starts speaking now of this king in the line of David who is going to come and save the land. So we have a focus here from those outside and those inside. And what's going to mark this shepherd from other shepherds is that this shepherd is righteous. And he will rule righteously in contrast with the other kings who came before him. So God is bringing these new people together, or these people together to form a new people with new shepherds. And we see this fulfilled, obviously, right, in Jesus. Jesus is the king from the line of David. He is the righteous shepherd. And the apostles are going to be the shepherds that he commissions to continue on that work to shepherd the people. And under this new king, him, the people will multiply and be blessed, and they will no longer be afraid. I love that that's part of it, right? That part of this is no more fear. So then we switch from this Jeremiah text. We switch to the text in Ephesians where St. Paul says to the Gentiles, he says, remember, you were separated from Christ, Gentiles, people who are outside of the covenant, right? You have the Jews who are God's people from the, co you know, the covenant God made with Abraham. And then you had those outside of the covenant who was basically every, everyone else. They were called the Gentiles. Paul says here, they were, you were alienated from Israel and strangers to the covenant, right? So they had no access to the covenant that God made with Abraham, that God made with Moses, that God made with, with even God made covenants with David. They had no part in that. And he says here, having no hope, and without God.
But then he says something great. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. Now listen to this. He might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us to God both in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. St. Paul reminds them, you were alienated. You had no part of the covenant. You had no access to the covenant. But guess what? In Jesus Christ, you have been brought near. So we see these words that were spoken in Jeremiah, that those that were outside that will be gathered in, they have a part in it too. And we see that God had always intended for the Gentiles to be brought in to be part of his covenant people. This is a really good thing. Excuse me. And so we know then, he says in verse 19, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles, prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, right? So they are no longer strangers. They are citizens. They are all part of the household of God. Excuse me. And so we see that there are no divisions in Christ. St. Paul even says this explicitly, I believe, in Galatians. Race does not divide us. Gender does not divide us. Social status does not divide us. Material possessions, rich, poor, socioeconomic standing, none of that divides us if we are Christians. Because in Jesus Christ, we are one. We are one. Rich, poor, black, white, men and women, all of us together are one through Jesus Christ because Christ has made peace. Peace between God and humanity and peace between humanity with one another. But that's only possible after having peace with God. So there are no divisions, brothers and sisters, in Christ. That means everybody has access to God's covenant through Jesus Christ. We have, there's this weird theology in some Christian circles, I shouldn't say weird, but there's this theology in Christian circles that, ha- that says that the Jews are God's people and there's one plan for them. And then the Christians are over here. God has a separate plan for them. And then when you read the Old Testament and the Bible, you've got to figure out which promises are for who. Well, that's, that's a very... I see how that could be helpful for some people, but I don't agree with that theology because we see in readings like this, in Ephesians, God is explicitly saying... That's right. God is explicitly saying that. He, and what Hadley just said is that God is bringing all of those people together to form one new people. Okay, so we don't have this line of division anymore. The Jews are God's people. The Hebrew people are God's people. And then the Gentiles aren't God's people. What's happening is those who believe and those who receive Christ from the Hebrew people and from the Gentile people, God is taking them together. He's bringing that, them back in together, and he's making a new group of people based on those who were once inside and those who were outside. He's creating one new people from both. And that God has broken down the hostility between God and humanity and and humanity with one another. That's why the church, brothers and sisters, is where this gets lived out, where this gets modeled out. This, This having no division should be modeled the best in this building and in the other church buildings here and around the world. Because Christ has brought us all together. 
that Christ has taken all of those things that have divided us, and when we come here, we are all one. It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter how poor you are. It doesn't matter if you live in a log cabin or you live in a giant mansion at the top of a mountain. It doesn't matter if you drive a Mercedes or if you drive a Honda. It doesn't matter. None of that matters because when we, the world might outside think that we're not equal based on what we have and what we don't have. But here in this place, we are all at the same spot, at the same table, because we are all God's people. God places no value over you based on what you have and what you don't have. That's pretty good news. That's pretty good news. And so in our own lives, we find ourselves, we are scattered too. Sometimes we scatter ourselves. Sometimes we allow ourselves to be scattered through sin, through apathy. Sometimes we're scattered through persecution. And so we need to remember, brothers and sisters, that those, <coughs> excuse me, those who create division, those who are actively involved in scattering God's people, that's a very dangerous place to be in. And that's why verses like this, passages like this, to me are especially not scary, but very, well, a little scary, <laughs> right? Especially weighty because those who scatter, those who cause division are not doing the work of God who's in the work of bringing all people to Christ. Those who scatter and those who cast out are doing their work of their father, the devil. But thank God that he will not abandon us. How we have been scattered through sin, through apathy, through persecution, through what happens to us in life. He will not abandon us that he calls us back, he pulls us back, he woos us back. And he brings us all back together through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom is due all glory together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. You know, our church has deep roots here in the community, and we predate the founding of the United States itself. If you're looking for a church that is biblically faithful and traditionally grounded, come visit us. We may just be the church for you. You can find us online, zionsstoneucc.com. You can find us on Facebook as well, zionsstoneucc. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman. If you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at malandsman at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. May God bless you, and we hope to have you visit us.